Hello, Happy New Year's, and welcome to A Hundred Steps to Drag, the podcast where I, Natasha Hundreds, talk to your favorite drag artists and ask them, how do you get to become this fabulous, amazing figure you are today? And speaking of fabulous, amazing figures, I'm talking today to an iconic drag king here in Los Angeles. Please welcome Ignacio Daddy. Hey. Also known as Nacho Daddy. Yes. You can call him Daddy, but his name is Nacho Daddy. But he's Nacho Daddy, honey. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I love it. How's your day been so far? Well, you know, just the casual have to work to pay the bills and um, ready to go out later. Actually, have a gig later. So that's what's coming up. Nice. Oh, my gosh. So you have another job besides drag? Yes, I do. Um, I work full time. Luckily, I get to work from home, but it's a corporate job. So I'm glad that I have drag to, you know, get to do something fun and something I love um, at the end of the day. Same. I'm on the same boat because I have a very corporate job. Um, that I also work from home so this time works perfect to like do everything else Mm -hmm. but sometimes it's exhausting you know because like at the end of the day like I just want to like eat chips and like lay on the couch (laughs) and sometimes it's like oh gosh I have to finish this outfit I have to start doing my makeup or even sometimes on like the last meeting of the day I'm like already like shaving in the meeting or you know like I'll take like five minutes to finish stoning something. I just did laundry today for because I needed the outfit tonight. <laughs> hey, we gotta do what we gotta do. How long have you been doing drag? The first time I debuted was in February of this year. So I'm approaching my one year anniversary. Not too long, but honestly, you've been recognized a lot. You've been putting on the work. It's been really amazing and uh, positively overwhelming. Last year... I decided to to start drag, I think, last last year, and um, I launched my Instagram in January. And um, I just didn't think that, one, that I'd be booked uh, right away, and two, that I'd have the amount of support that I've had in this past year. So it's been really amazing. I love to see that because it really goes hand in hand with the theme today, which is getting your drag career started. A lot of us start like playing with makeup and doing our own shows in a room. But like, how can we take it to the next level? Did you ever do that? Did you ever just play around with makeup and like in your apartment or in your house? Yeah, actually, that's how I got into drag um, myself. I've been a fan personally of drag. Uh, I've been watching RuPaul's Drag Race, as everyone usually starts since like the, since it started when I was in college. And um, everywhere that I've moved and lived, I've made it a point to go to drag shows. It's one of my favorite things. I've always been interested in it, but I guess I never really thought of myself doing drag until I dabbled in makeup. You know, I've been wanting to learn how to do my own makeup normally and feel pretty, you know, <laughs> when... Uh, when I go out because I've never really felt that I was good at it Um, especially like contouring and like you know like really like snatch makeup so that's what I wanted to learn how to do at first Um, and I started uh, watching more makeups makeup shows like glow up and going on YouTube and watching tutorials just practicing and then eventually I was like you know what I don't I don't think this is for me and then I started just painting different things on my face that were more abstract kind of looks than not necessarily your day-to-day looks and then eventually um started binge watching Dragula again and other drag shows and I was like I can do this I think I think I can do this so and then I painted my face in drag for the first time spent like an hour two hours doing using eyeshadow and you can look at the picture today it doesn't even look like I'm wearing an ounce of makeup it's, <laughs> but it's my the favorite picture ever I love it though because <laughs> 
I vividly remember sitting in the mirror and shading for like at least an hour and a half and to look at the picture and be like, you don't have nothing on. (laughs) (laughs) It happens to a lot of us, right? We spend hours like when we're just playing with makeup trying to figure it out and it looks like we have nothing on. I'm like, okay, we're looking at, looking back at it. I'm like, what was I thinking? Right, (laughs) I didn't know better. And did you start doing drag makeup and drag queen or drag king? I guess I didn't consider myself a drag artist until I officially launched myself this year. Um, but the looks that I would do were were considered, I guess, would be considered femme looks when I first started. And then um, eventually I kind of grew bored of that and not bored, but like also I was just wanted to experiment more with, you know, masculine makeup because I hadn't done it. And uh, I'd seen it done before. I, you know, obviously I saw Land Insider on Dragula and I was like, okay, I want to, I want to try this. And uh, so then I transitioned to more king makeup and trying to do masculine contoured looks that weren't um, like your day-to-day men's look. And then eventually I was like, I think this is what I want to do is a drag king versus um, a femme. Actually, I didn't even really want to be a drag queen ever. (laughs) I was just experimenting with makeup on my face (laughs) that looked, that happened to look femme and what you would call like drag queen makeup. It's totally fair. Sometimes a lot of people think that, oh, you start as a drag queen and then you did like, you know, you find your way. And I'm like, it's not always the case. Mm-hmm. You can always have like something in mind of what you want to do or what your vision for, you know, for what you want to achieve is like. I love hearing that. I love hearing everyone's stories and yours is, is it's unique. So when did you start to be like, okay, this is drag. This is what I want to do. How am I going to take it, you know, into a career? Did you know you wanted to do that or did you just happen to, you know, to do one gig and that gig led to another and to another and kind of like snowballed into it? How was it? It was kind of a mix. Um, I I think my first time that I tried a drag king look was in like the summer of last year. And then I would sprinkle in different makeup looks and go back and forth in between and just do abstract looks too. Then like around November, December, so about a year ago, when things started opening up, uh, I went to like a show at Hamburger Mary's with friends and I think that's when it clicked that I wanted, I kind of wanted to try it. So one day I invited my friends out and we all went to a drag, a drag show at Hamburger Mary's. And I was like, I'm going to go and drag. I, I'm going to try this. I'm going to do a little look and then wore just normal boy clothes. I wasn't even like a costume. <laughs> and uh, I told them, I was like, I think I want to do this. I think I'm going to start an Instagram maybe in January in the new year. And maybe in like a year, literally I said these words, maybe in like a year, I'll probably get a gig and then I'll just start working from there. So it was literally last year in December at a brunch, at that not a brunch, at a drag show with my friends. And I went out and I knew that I wanted to be Ignacio at the time, but I didn't have the name Daddy yet. So I just liked the name Ignacio because it came from a historical reference. Um, I can get into that later if you want. Um, but yeah, last year was when I, I told my friends I wanted to see their reaction to my makeup. And it, it went well. So I was like, okay, I could do this. So you manifested it. You were like, <laughs> you were inadvertently putting it in the universe. Like maybe in a year, I'll start getting gigs. I'm like, bitch, you, you made it happen. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it happened in like, I think I had my first gig in February. It was, I did two tip spots in February and one at um, Exposure and then one at Die Free, which is Diana's show. Then in March, I think I had like four or five gigs so it it just blew up essentially and then by like I was doing pride in this year in the summer which I never imagined that I'd have a pride gig in my first year of drag no it's amazing you just went for it you're like you know what I'm just gonna go out and drag and and see what happens 
because a lot of people that I hear they want to start doing drag, like they want their first time in drag to be like flawless and perfect right. and have everything planned, which is great. But I feel like it's much better if you just go for it and then start learning. You know what I'm saying? Right. And I did, I was picky. I'll be honest. I was picky with myself for a while. Like one of my very first posts, I took the time to like glue hair on. I like taped my tits with duct tape and I wanted to look very masked because I thought that that's what I had to do to be a drag king. Like just present this specific look because everything I'd seen with Queens was about selling like, you know, just cunty, like passing, like very, like what you would call a woman, I guess, like what RuPaul, would, what RuPaul likes to see, essentially. And I thought it had to be the same for Kings. So I almost didn't want to start my Instagram because I didn't feel ready. But then I think my friend was like, just do it. Like, just keep posting your pictures and then you're going to see your progress. And if you don't post anything, you're never going to get better. That is true. If you never start somewhere, you will never have a point to look back and be like, oh, you know what? I'm actually doing better. Yeah. And I've been really hard on myself sometimes. And then I have to remember that like I do this because I enjoy it and I have fun and that I'm not 10 years in the game yet or like, you know, I'm just starting. So I still have room to grow and I still have room to learn. And even if you've been 10 years in the game, that's something that you have to keep in mind all the time, in my opinion. Like I do drag because I love it. Because let's be honest, very few people can say that they're doing drag because of the money, because of the <laughs> drink tickets. It's probably because we love it. So I think that's a good thing to remember as you're doing drag. I'm doing this because I love it. And remember, why do you love it? Yeah. And it can be hard, especially when you're, if you're stressed or if like your normal life gets you down, like it's it's hard to ground yourself and remember that this is supposed to be something that, you know, makes me happy. Why do you love drag? Personally, for me, it's always been a welcoming community. Even before I accepted my queerness, I was going to drag shows and I, I loved what I saw. It was very entertaining. I always had fun. It was always a good energy. So when I started and I started going out to support other shows, um, people would come up and, you know, talk to us. I would go out and drag. I thought that's what you had to do. So I'd go to all these shows in in drag makeup and people would talk to me and they gave me advice. Like, I mean, my first show, like I said, was Die For You was a tip spot, but I was barely new to the scene. Like I wasn't even going to queer bars out here. No one knew me. Like you'll ask some people when I first started, they don't know where I came from because no one, no one introduced me to scene. I wasn't going out to gay bars anywhere. Like we had just opened stuff up back from COVID. I moved back from New York. So like I was nobody out here. So to get to have someone reach out and say, here, let me give you your first opportunity when they barely know me because they want to give that, give back to the community is huge. And I, that's why I love drag. It's just, it's been so inviting and so friendly. And I've met some of like my now closest friends and people that I truly love because I started drag. That is beautiful. They were literally like, um, who is this person? How did they get here? I don't know, but let's welcome him in. Yeah. yeah. I was thinking also of the reasons why I love drag. Because, I mean, I have my randomest thoughts when I'm taking a shower. And I was like, hmm, <laughs> why do I love drag? And I feel like for me, it's because it's, to me, it's the ultimate form of like healing my inner child. Because mm -hmm. I grew up, you know, in a very conservative Mexican household. So I always was a little flamboyant, you know, and, and I always had to watch the way I talked, watch the way I walked, watch the things that I liked, the things that I did, everything. And, you know, in drag, I don't have to do any of that. I just I get right. to be myself and play and do whatever I want. And nobody can tell me shit. And I love that feeling. Right. I definitely understand that. I'm also Mexican and I've always liked, you know, playing sports and like 
when I started boxing one year, my aunt was like, oh, that's very, that's not very ladylike of you. What if you get, what if you get hit and you, and your, and your nose gets all broken and you're ugly. And I'm like, do I care? (laughs) 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 So like, it's like now as, as Nacho, I get to portray all those aspects that I had to like push down when I had to present myself a certain way because my family told me I had to be that way. You mentioned Nacho and that you had a, a story behind that name. How did that came about? So during, you know, quarantine and stuff, you get, you binge watch Netflix and all that. So I found this, um, I don't know if you've seen Drunk History. So it's on Hulu, I think. And they basically, it, you get historians drunk as fuck. And <laughs> and then they try to retell a story about his, like in history. But this was the the Mexican version. So the very first episode was about uh, Ignacio de la Torre Miel, who was basically a rich boy, uh, an heir to a lot of money in Mexico. He married President's daughter, Rufilo Diaz's daughter, and um, he was a closeted gay. And there's a whole controversy about him being gay because there's this, there's this dance called El Baile de los 42, the dance of the 42. Essentially, it was a party that was raided that Ignacio was at. And uh, they took down the list of names, and this is in the 1800s, so being queer was definitely not allowed. And uh, they took down everyone's names, and because he was the president's son-in-law, his name was crossed off the list. So there's a taboo around the number 4142. That's what he's known for, is being a closeted gay and for escaping the punishment that everyone else got that was at that that ball. And so that's something that stuck with me. I was like, that's kind of, you know, resonates with my story because I didn't accept my queerness until I was older, just having to feel like until recently that I was still living different lives because of the person that I had to portray in like a corporate life with my family life versus the person that I like to be and who I get to be when I'm not doing what everyone wants me to do. I love that story behind that because it's very true. You know, sometimes we take to work someone that's completely different of who we want to be. We take that person to, you know, family gatherings, to Navidad, to all these things that we have to kind of like, quote unquote, fit in. And, mm-hmm. and it kind of takes a toll on, it does. on on you. Is your family supportive of, of your LGBT behavior? <laughs> <laughs> so funny story. I just came out to them literally this past Christmas, this last week. Oh my gosh, Um, how did that go? So it was, it went better than I expected. It wasn't like a big reaction. Um, I've always been in hetero presenting relationships when I brought people back home. So obviously it doesn't seem like I'm gay at all. And uh, when I went back home, I booked a gig in, I'm from Arizona. Um, I booked a gig in Arizona and I arrived at my mom's place and took out one of my like costumes and I said I have a show because yes she she said what's that I said oh I have a show it's a costume for one of my shows and she said what kind of show I said I'm a drag king you know what drag queens are and like she was like oh so are you lesbian now (laughs) my smart ass just said I'm everything mom and that was the end of the conversation (laughs) but I mean she didn't get upset that I saw like my mom's always been um, pretty supportive of what I like to call my weird habits I mean I played dodgeball too and she came out and watched my tournament so like um she she got to see me get ready and put on my makeup she even gave me eyelashes because I forgot some so um yeah my mom's an awesome seamstress so like I can't wait to actually start asking her to make me stuff but she took it well so I mean there were some members of my family I also went back to Mexico and saw the my extended family some members of my family that um were like well I don't like drag but you know, they're not going to tell me not to do it because <laughs> I've always been very outspoken. 
Uh, and they live all the way in Mexico. (laughs) Yeah. So I'm like, what are you going to do? I'm in LA, (laughs) but it went well. I'm, I'm really happy to at least let go of that part of it and start like merging my life into one person. That is so beautiful. Oh, that mom was so supportive. Yes. (laughs) My mom is, I'm trying to build up the courage to tell my mom that I do drag. I feel like she kind of like maybe knows a little bit Mm -hmm. because I was talking to one of my sisters and she was like, oh, you know what? Like the other, my sisters know that I'm a drag queen. Mm -hmm. They've been to my shows and everything. And then she was like, oh, like I was talking to my mom and I don't know how this came up to the conversation, but she was like, I know my son dressed up as a woman, but he's a very decent person. And I'm like, (laughs) (laughs) okay, first of all, what does one got to do with the other one at all? Right. But second of all, how do you know? (laughs) (laughs) they know they just know I feel like my mom had an inkling or something and that's why she was able to take it a little bit better but for me it was a lot easier to introduce Nacho first and then to to let them everyone assume my queerness after the fact (laughs) Mexican moms are witches they have powers they are truly (laughs) I swear they are like all those remedies like the Vicks and stuff that's magical Vicks I don't know what they do to it I know, like, honey and lemon. I'm like, what? Like, this is not just honey and lemon. This has to be something else. Yeah, I don't know where it comes from. It's There's magical powers. I wish I had them. Maybe I do. (laughs) Maybe it's within us. (laughs) (laughs) So where do you draw your inspiration for drag? I get it from from everywhere. What I like to do more recently, I guess, is to... I really like to look at other drag artists and to see their interpretation of different things and see their process. Whenever I'm out at gigs or, or shows, I look at... If I see makeup that I like, I will literally stop someone. I'll be like, close your eyes. Wait, can I see this? How did you do this? And I, like, ask them questions because I still... Um, like art has always been interesting to me and I've never considered myself someone who could draw or like who was artistic like that. And makeup is very artsy. Um, and so I just appreciate the artistry behind seeing someone's mind literally come to life. Whenever I see art, that's what it seems like to me. It's like, that's your mind. Like, that's your brain. Like, where did you come up with that? It's just so interesting to see where other people draw inspiration from. So like their inspiration inspires me. Just different things like I'll look at the sky <laughs> this sounds corny if there's colors I'm like oh those colors look I'm gonna try that and like just just trying to notice everything around me because I never know when inspiration will hit well, I'll listen to music and I'll draw and I'll get an idea for like a, a, a routine or maybe the inspiration for that routine will inspire a makeup look and then it changes the routine it's like always changing I just kind of let my mind flow and but I try to draw inspiration from anything that sparks joy I like that. And I like the fact that you say you're appreciating art in somebody else's face because that's the true. You know, I love also, you know, going to drag shows and like seeing the performers because that mm-hmm. always pumps me up. Every time that I go to a drag show and I'm just in the audience, I'm like, oh, damn, I wish I was performing. Like, yeah, yeah you see that art in other people and that inspires your art. I always compare it with like painting. Like when you go to a museum, if you're an artist and you see the art, that sparks your creativity to do your own art. Right. I feel like it's the same with fashion too. Because I've been listening to, when you listen to people and their designs and how they get to it, they're like, oh, it's inspired by like this fashion icon or whatever. And then I feel like it's the same with makeup where, you know, there might be some people who think you're copying or like like shade or whatever, but I'm like, if they're without like a blueprint, like how else is everyone supposed to learn? And then everyone just kind of makes their own interpretation of it. So I I feel like if you, if you think someone's copying you, take it as a compliment. (laughs) Truly, truly. 
I was on TikTok the other day on live and I don't know, somebody in the comments said like, oh, Gigi Good said on one of her panels at DragCon that she doesn't enjoy a lot of like, you know, drag makeup tutorials because, you know, you're supposed to like have your unique face. And I, I get that. I do agree with that, you know, because you, you're supposed to look like yourself, not trying to look like somebody else. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have like an idea of where even to start, it's okay to like see somebody else's process and then, you know, trying to figure things out for yourself once you have right. more practice. Right. So I don't know if she yes, said right. that verbatim, but somebody <laughs> else said something like that. So if that if she didn't say that, uh, don't come for me. <laughs> <laughs> fact check. I know. Fact check me, please. Please do that. I'm not reliable. <laughs> <laughs> you recently won a competition, right? Yes, I did. Yay. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, it was uh, hosted by Tony Soto. Um, it was called Battle Babies. So it's essentially for drag artists who are newer in the scene. And the way it worked was it was an audience-based competition, but it was also kind of a pageant in the end, which I was not expecting, but we learn. So <laughs> it started off with eight weeks of competitors. Um, you had to win your week in order to get to the semifinals. Um, and those were completely audience-based voting. So you came with your own routine, and then you did a lip sync battle um, against whoever you were assigned to go against. So I won my first week because I have awesome supporters. Freaking love all my friends who came out and every drag artist who came out to support too. It was like, it was amazing. Came back for the semifinals where Mariah Balenciaga was judging. And it was very, it was kind of like a pageant. So the theme was future of drag. You had to come in with your, uh, what you thought the future of drag would look like and your own routine. And then from there, they would pick a top two, a safe two, and a bottom four. So only the top two and the bottom four would be lip syncing. The safe two moved on to the finale. I was in the bottom <laughs> because uh, my look, I guess, did not match up to the level of my performance was my feedback, uh, which is fair because I was booked and blessed in December. And I'll be honest, I did not have the time or capacity to dedicate making a whole look for is essentially a tip spot because it's not a paid you know competitions aren't paid so i figured i will put my all into my performance and how i perform and dance to the song and then i'll make a look that i think look at least looks good i agree that i didn't meet up to other people who you know made costumes that looked really futuristic which is dope luckily though i won my lip sync battle and i made it to the finals and then in the finals we had to come up with um this was really pageantry they said wear your best outfit your best drag. We did a runway. We answered a question about what we thought glam was. And then we performed one of our like iconic, they wanted something iconic, an iconic routine. So I performed what I, one of my favorite routines, which is the first number I ever performed um, to Sir Mix-a-Lot's Baby Got Back. It is my favorite. I will continue performing that until people are sick of it and then see <laughs> more because uh, it keeps getting better. And so does my costume. So I have so many ideas for how to grow that routine. But anyways, <laughs> Um, I performed that one. Manila Luzon was the judge that week. She loved it. I ended up in the top four, battled it out against it. Popcorn at first, beat her. And then my final battle, battle was against Berlin Atomic. And we battled, I forget what the song was. What was it? Lose My Breath by Destiny's Child. I ended up winning. So that, that's, that part was done by audience votes. And I campaigned hard when the other artists were eliminated. I was like, can you just stay and cheer for me? And, you know, I, I really want to win this, like help the Kings out. And um, it worked. So I'm seriously so grateful um, because I did put in a lot of work for that week. I stoned 
a, a whole outfit to make sure that it was sparkly. Um, I restoned other stuff, like stoned some shoes. I was like, if they want pageant, I'm gonna this show is them. pageant. <laughs> Congratulations! Been, thank you, thank you. It's it's been amazing. A little the support even that I received after, during. It's just um, like I said, it's been overwhelming, and I can't believe that I've gotten to this point. Baby, you deserve it. It's not like you thank can't you. believe it. Like you deserve it. I've seen you put the work in like truly i'm so happy like the way that you described it like how you got so excited <laughs> i love it what was the if you don't mind me what's the price for that it was a two thousand dollar prize and it was a photo shoot sponsored by serve vodka and i got some products from about face beauty that i'm really excited to try because i don't always have expensive makeup <laughs> That's a really nice price. $2,000 yes. in the photo shoot and makeup. Okay. Okay. Yes. And going back to the theme of, of today's episode, which is getting your career started. I think mm -hmm. that competitions are great to get your career started. Even if you yeah. don't win. I mean, this time you happen to win and like, yes. <laughs> but even if you don't win, like, you know, I'm sure that the people that competed there against you also learned a lot and grew a lot, especially if you got feedback from drag legends like Mariah, like Manila. You know, it's, right. it's always good to put yourself out there. Also, because competitions like take you outside of your comfort zone. A lot of the okay. times I did a big competition like in 2019, I think it's facade at Hamburger Mary's. And then oh, like, yeah, I've heard of that one. it's it's heavy. It's because it's very long and, you know, you really have to put in a lot of money. Mm -hmm. um, but it's it helped me a lot. Like I, the challenge that I remember the most was the comedy challenge. I was like, dang, what am I going to do? I knew that most contestants were going to be like, oh, we're probably going to do like a funny mix or a funny song. And I was like, I want to really take it to the next level. So I did stand up. Oh, nice. I was like, fuck, okay, we're going to do this. <laughs> so I sat down, like my friend, my sister party, Salahor helped me like write this routine and everything. And I didn't win that challenge, but Sakarela did tell me that I was her favorite. And I'm like, you know what? That's good. That's good enough. And people yeah. was laughing. I'm like, okay, I had no clue that I was actually funny. That's always good to hear that the affirmation of people's reaction to whatever you create. Yeah, because I mean, especially for something that I, I never consider myself a funny person. But they were like, oh, bitch, like that shit was funny. Like, mm -hmm. you know, you were definitely in the top. But like, I don't know, it felt good. And I'm like, OK, if I wouldn't have done that competition, I would have never thought of like trying something like that. And I know that maybe that's something that I can elaborate for the future. Yeah, I definitely recommend for anyone starting out to do competitions or shows with themes that you might not be used to or you might not have wanted to do before. Um, it's definitely opened up different uh, ideas in my head. I did a couple competitions this year, actually. Um, I did MXDTLA. I don't know if you heard that one. Uh, Seducer Richmond hosts that. Um, that one um, definitely had a lot of themes. Like we had a comedy week as well, horror, uh, all, all the different themes to try to push you and uh with that being weekly that obviously I had to come up with ideas quickly and that like think about it too long so I had to be very spontaneous spontaneous I can't say that word correctly I, I that's just the way I like to pronounce it anyway <laughs> so and then I also did uh, I have a number that I like to do now that's like uh, one of my more political numbers and it has a message behind it um, and the only reason I created it was because I was I did a one night competition at Sea Friends and it was the horror night I went more of like a realistic take on the horror, but I would have never come up with that routine had I not decided to do the comp that competition. And it's one of my favorites. Um, I don't do it often because it takes like a certain venue and kind of show to, to want to do it. Um, but it's one of my favorite routines that I've come up with. 
always try new things. Always push yourself out there, especially if you're just starting, because that also helps you kind of like know what you want to do with with your drag. You know what competition I really want to do? They hosted at Mickey's. It's called Project Drag. Project Drag. Oh, okay. Um, I don't know if they're doing it this 2023, but if they do, honestly, like sign me up. I know it's hard because it's like every week. So you have to like think fast. And also the competitions, it's freaking fierce because the prize is like being booked monthly at Showgirls. Oh, wow. Yeah, so that's like, a good one. Yeah, so I'm like, even if I don't win, I feel like exposure is going to be good. And also, again, to keep pushing myself out there. So right. I'm crossing my fingers that they're doing it. I think Lip Service was doing one. Someone had pointed that one out to me, but I, I can't do Mondays for I have other engagements. I want to do more in WeHo uh, just so that I can get my face out there. I don't really like WeHo. It's been stratified. It's not safe for POC um, non-queen performers. It's just dangerous in general, but you know, it's not what it used to be. So, but I think that the crowds and the producers that I have seen out there, um, I know that they have their hand in other areas. And so like I, my goal is always to just put myself in front of like people and um, just make a name for Kings or even start the conversation on that. Because, I mean, we deserve to get booked just as much as queens do. Exactly. Exactly. And yeah, I mean, it's not your responsibility to put everyone in the map, right? But it's always great to have that representation, even at places like WeHo, that you, you're spot on. Like, it's stratified. It's for the, the white cis gays. Mm-hmm. Let's be real. Yeah. Um, but there are some venues that are really open. Like, I, I love Rocco's. I love Billy Francesca. Like, Dragged Out is a great competition. I did it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, like in October or something and it was oh, fun okay. and it was it was pretty diverse like a lot of places should be like this but it's hard I get it and the week was not safe times are getting tough and when places like that becoming more open to just anybody coming in they're not like secret or low-key it's um it's hard to like want to be like really happy in a space that's supposed to be for us but it's not <laughs> yeah and then also uh, well it's been like trending and that i fucking hate is people protesting drag shows i'm like what the hell and i'm and i'm thinking well if they ever go to weho i'm i want to think that they're gonna be outnumbered but you never know yeah it's hard to say i mean if there's any indication uh of being upset like when like when black lives matter started when um all the things that happened during the uh over the summer, actually, right when like COVID started happening, just like, people's views on COVID and vaccinations alone. Um, you'd think people would be in your corner, but that's when you really, when times are tough, that's when you find out like who's really going to be there for you. Truly, truly. Another important aspect of starting your career is having someone to back you up. You have already said that a lot of people like, you know, was there for you at the competition, but who's been like one of the biggest or like a handful of your biggest supporters? People that I've gotten close with, like, I guess recently, um, when I first started drag, I was in a relationship with this, this straight white man, big, big mistake, but it's, you know, part of my journey. We live and, and we learn, baby. Don't worry. Um, <laughs> I'm glad you're not there anymore. Yeah. And so, I mean, he wasn't supportive at all, which made me doubt myself in the beginning until I got out of that. And now I'm free. So um, as I started like really going out and meeting people, a few people who've always been there, uh, Ramonye, she's a drag queen, also started this year. We met randomly. We both we coincidentally played dodgeball together. So we bonded over that. But he literally goes to all of my shows and supports me and supports a lot of other people in the drag community. 
I met other friends just going out to um, another, a couple other drag artists that are also newer, but like have seen me since the beginning. Marionette, um, Big Sur. There's just so many people who <laughs> who supported me. My drag mother, Serena Infinity. Yes, she's she's been there. She was at my first gig because we were booked in the same show. And then like when I was doing MXDTLA, she was there every week and watching me and like being supportive. And that's actually when she decided to adopt me. Ah, there's just so many people and I can like keep listing people, but I feel I'm going to forget people. So if I didn't say anyone's name, please don't, please don't be mad at me. There's just so many of you. And um, yeah, and people that I've met recently too, that are like really sticking around and like showing me that they support me by going to shows, like sharing my content. Like one of my best friends from college, I was just in her wedding. Um, she lives all the way in Chicago and she was there from the beginning and like shares all my content and like, go follow Nacho. Like she loves Nacho. It's... <laughs> Yeah, so I have a I have a good group of people around me now. That is so sweet. I love that a lot of them are people that you just met recently. And, you know, people that even live far away are supporting you. And that's something super easy to do. Like, if you're not there in the same city as your queer friends that are doing drag, if you're not, you know, in the vicinity, the easiest thing you can do is, like, share them. Or like right. in interact with our content on social media. That's like exactly. super easy. Or even if you are in the vicinity, the fuck, just, sure. just get, get like out there. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> leave a little comment. Just like leave some hearts or whatever, you know. Or that's... take a video of me at the gig and actually tag me. <laughs> Please. Oh my God. That part. The amount of times I've seen people with like their phones out. And then yes. I'm like, getting out of Dragon, I'm like, okay, I should be having like good videos out there. Nothing. And I'm like, nada. Like, what the also, fuck? like where where is that video where, <laughs> what are you doing with it if not sending it to me or posting it somewhere exactly what are you doing with it i'm suspicious now i'm like mm, yes. i don't want to be a part of your dirty fantasies or maybe i well, do want to be a part of it but pay me at least pay me there was a brunch that i was performing that that a rue girl was at and i saw her recording but where's the video <laughs> <laughs> where is it i'm like post it on your page and tag me and then give me some of your followers <laughs> i know or like when they post it but like they don't tag you i'm like oh, it's me how do i do this there. <laughs> one time i was at a, at, at a gig and this ruger was there i was doing a, a song by amara and she tagged amara but she didn't tag me i'm like girl what about me <laughs> all the narcissism just feed it Feed my narcissism. <laughs> please. That's the reason why we're here. So yeah. <laughs> please keep on feeding it's us. It's not like I like the attention or anything. Oh, no. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> Do you happen to be more like an introvert or extrovert person at a drag? At a drag, most people think I'm shy when they first meet me. Just when they like initially meet me because I'm like very observant. Because um, I can be a chaotic, weird, lot of energy kind of person and when when I feel comfortable. So like I kind of like to observe and and make sure that you can handle me. I don't uh, think you can I, handle this. <laughs> exactly. Like I said, nacho daddy. <laughs> I like to think of myself as extroverted mostly, um, especially like even in drag when I'm performing. I'm the type of performer who likes to who feeds off the energy of the crowd. And so like, even if it's like two people, if those two people are living for me, I will give it right back to them. But like, likewise, if there's a, a full ass venue of all these people and no one's like reacting or having fun, I'm like, y'all suck. <laughs> like, it just, it's hard to like be upbeat if you're not getting the energy back. So I'm, I guess I'm extroverted to the point where I also, it takes the energy uh, for me to give it back. I feel you because I'm very the same too. I feed off the energy of 
anybody, like my friends or like when I get to the dressing room and if everyone's like chit-chatting and kicking, I'm like, oh, perfect. Yes. And sometimes I try to like break it in and trying to like, you know, start the conversation, but the cast is not having it. And I get it. Sometimes it's a long day and you don't want to talk. You just want to work and get out. <laughs> but I, I'm very that like that too. Like I feed off like energies. And I think that a lot of us, so if you're going to a drag show, please make sure that you're you know, hyping us up because that way we're going to hype you up even more. Scream in our face. Please spit on my face. <laughs> <laughs> Pretend I'm a celebrity. <laughs> I know. Pretend I'm Paris Hilton or something. Mexican One version. of the Jonas Brothers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Nacho, I asked my guest this question. So I want to ask you, what are your goals for drag? I want to know what are your short-term goals and what are some of your long-term goals for drag? In the short term, I want to upgrade my costuming. Uh, well, in terms of like um, performance and costuming, I do want to get better at, you know, stone more things, make sure that they look like actual costumes and not just, you know, dress clothes. Um, like you see behind me, I have this regular shirt, but it's actually stoned. So I want to stone it more. Like just doing things like that uh, short term is just making sure that I'm elevating what I have now so that I don't have to spend money, but finding a way to elevate what I have now, whether it's watching more dance videos or watching more performances to get ideas to better my performance, um, whether it's upgrading my costumes or learning you know, how to sew so that I can make my own garments one day. Um, that's my short term is finding ways to elevate my drag. Long term, uh, I would like, to be some kind of impactful person in the community in terms of using drag to give back. Right now it's hard for me. Uh, I, I just don't have like the mental capacity because of my full-time job. It takes a lot out of me mentally. So I'm not able to give in the way that I want to give right now, but eventually I wanna be able to be some sort of representation or provide spaces so that kings and things can have their time in the spotlight. You know, or even like if I'm not the one creating it, find somewhere where I can be of assistance and provide some sort of guidance to other people. Like I would love to be an inspiration to people, you know, but yeah, sometimes I don't feel like I am because I'm just starting out. I feel like you have to be someone like, like seasoned to inspire people. So I guess I just also long term want to have more confidence in myself and that that I'm doing what I love and that someone is going to recognize that and find inspiration from that. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like you are an inspiration to people. I mean, it doesn't really matter if you're just starting. I feel like what you're doing, like, really speaks for itself. Yeah. I think I told you this when we were not recording, but, like, a lot of people was like, oh, you need to talk to Nacho. You need to talk to Nacho. You need to have him here. So I feel like that already speaks volumes of how people see you and what people think about you. That's awesome. It's so awesome to hear, honestly. It's just, you know, especially when you grow up like the nerdy kid and bullied and stuff. That's why it's actually been, the support's been overwhelming because I, I'm still healing my inner child of that that hurt child that like didn't have friends. And here I am winning a competition that's audience-based and having like a lot of followers and people who reach out and say like, hey, like, do you have any suggestions? And meanwhile, I'm still asking for advice. <laughs> no, honestly, whenever somebody reaches out, like save that, like take a screenshot and save it like in a folder or something. I always do that. And like when I'm feeling down or when I'm like, oh, like I'm just not having it. Like I go back and see those screenshots of like the comments that people leave me or like, you know, when people thank me for like a tutorial that I posted or something. And that really like lift me up. I'm like, oh, OK, like I am doing the best I can and people are appreciating it. So That's do that. That's a it, good idea. It really does work. Yeah. Especially when you like have your like when your imposter syndrome takes over because that, that's the worst. 
That is, that's that's fucked up. Oh, fuck you, imposter syndrome. <laughs> fuck you, imposter. <laughs> yes, fuck you, imposter. Who let you in here? <laughs> Let's end this in a good note. What are some yeah. of the good comments that people has told you, whether online, whether in person? I mean, someone reached out and said that I was like an inspiration to their drag and wanted me to like help them get shows. And in person, a lot of my friends are just like, no, like this looks so good. Like they'll look at my makeup and say, how did you do this? And I'm just like, this was an accident. Like, (laughs) and they'll just be in shock. I'm like, no, like, stop it. Like, I'm not that amazing. But like, just a variety of things. It's been my favorite just to hear people appreciate my makeup, especially when I feel like it wasn't the best that day. Yeah, you have to stop telling yourself that you're not amazing because, baby, you are a motherfucking star. Like, you have to start saying it to the universe. Just like you manifested that you were going to, you know, have gigs like a year or so. Just start telling that to yourself. And trust me, it's going to it's gonna make it happen. I'm a star. Great start. <laughs> <laughs> this is almost the end, but anything that you want to promote, uh, where can people find you on social media, all those good stuff? Of course. Um, I'm on social media. My handle is I Nacho Daddy. <laughs> and um, Venmo, if you'd like to tip me, contribute to what I like to call uh, the era of getting better clothes. <laughs> um, so my Venmo is Nacho D. Uh, my cash app is Ignacio Daddy. Also, I I do want to do a shameless plug for the Bachata dance team that I'm on. I just joined uh, Queer Chata, which is a queer Latin dance group. They have been very, very supportive and a big part of the reason why I think my performance is also getting better because I now have the training of that team and that support. Um, so follow Queer Chata on Instagram. They have monthly socials where you can learn how to dance Bachata. It's a very inviting space. If you ever wanted to try dancing, um, if not, come and make friends. Uh, so that's that shameless plug. You can also Venmo them and donate if you want to help sponsor training for some of the team, because uh, obviously with queer spaces, there is a lot of need for mutual aid. Um, and it's unfortunate to have people not be able to do something that they want because of lack of funds. So they're at Queer Chata on Venmo and also Instagram. I've heard of Queer Chata. I think I was at Precinct when I saw their their flyer. Yes. And I was like, oh, I was telling my partner, we should try this. He does not dance. So I was like, this could be a good way for you to, you know, loosen up a little bit. Yeah. And it's all levels of dancing. Like there's literally people who walk in there for the first time and, you know, they'll watch. And it's it's just a beautiful scene to be in. I'll check it out. I was intrigued. I'm like, "Mm, queer chata. I'm like, and I love going to precinct too. So I was like, this is a good combination. I'm I'm not sure if they do it in precinct all the time, but. Yeah, it's at precinct for now. That's the, it's every third Saturday of the month. And then you get to stay for either uh, que perra or puteria, depending on what time of them. So it's a good time. coming out baby and also please tip us <laughs> please, please tip. yes we need good outfits you know you always say like oh drag you know they should have all these kind of outfits well give us money give me money that, <laughs> that's a good stones solution are free. stones and glue are expensive at least good stones <laughs> if you want them to sparkle it costs a little money yeah if you want walmart stones yeah we're not, i'm not gonna fuck around with that no <laughs> <laughs> Well, Nacho, that was all of our time. Thank you so much for being my guest. This was so much fun getting to know you, getting to know where you come from. Honestly, I need to see one of your shows soon. Where are you tonight? Yeah. Um, Tonight, I am at the Overlook in Silver Lake. Uh, the show is called Climax. It's Sage Zariah's debut uh, of the show. Please come out. Uh, performances, oh, I guess it's 
I don't know when this is airing, but that's where I'll be tonight. <laughs> <laughs> so, but I also have, uh, I'm open for bookings. Uh, just DM me if I'm not available. I will, you know, maybe in the future, but uh, <laughs> I will definitely come out and support shows. Let me know where your shows are. Um, book more kings. Make sure that you have more than one king in your show and uh, don't just meet the quota, you know, book them every month. Let's do this. <laughs> yes. Book more kings everywhere, not only in L.A. and Minnesota, Illinois, wherever. I'm sure there's kings all over the country. Yes, they definitely are. They exist. We exist. There's kings and things. All right. Thank you for listening to 100 Steps to Drag. If you like my podcast, please leave me a review. If you didn't like it, um, you can keep that for yourself. I'll see you next Tuesday. Bye.